With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Rams Up, your weekly L.A. Rams podcast, bi-weekly during the season. We are a proud member of the Pigskin Podcast Network. We'll cover other SoCal sports items of interest, but we're mostly about your Los Angeles Rams. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. What do we have for you today? Episode 43, the Rams coming off that big win over the Giants, back on the West Coast, waiting the arrival of Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. And before I say anything else, I'm going to hammer it home one more time. Hopefully we can give Jared Goff a warm welcome on his return to SoFi. His play may have disappointed us over the last two seasons here, but He's a stand-up guy, still active in the community, and it's not like he has to be traded. So hopefully we can give the California kid a warm welcome, but we still need to beat him. We're going to have a quick look back at that giant game, tie up some loose ends as far as our coverage. We'll go over some stats of interest and share some news and notes. Then on to a preview of the Ram-Lion game. And we'll wrap things up with our game picks, our Elite 8 plus 2 power rankings. And we will revisit our pumped up 
pissed off and perplexed fans feature. Take a moment here before we get started to talk about the Dodgers. Well, okay, so they lose these first two games on the Braves last at bat. Things look really bad Tuesday night and Cody Bellinger and Cody Bellinger what an electric moment at Dodger Stadium. A three-run homer and the Dodgers add another one and come back and win game three and they have life again. But then Wednesday night rolls around. Poor pitching, anemic offense. Man, just kind of depressing to be honest with you, but I am not giving up on them. They need to win Thursday night in Los Angeles. If they win that, they have to go back to Atlanta and win two more. And don't forget, last season they won three straight elimination games against Atlanta. Similar situation, and they pulled it off, so I'm not giving up on them quite yet. So let's look back one last time at that Ram-Giant game. Jake Funk and Johnny Munt both out for the year. Funk will need surgery on his hamstring, and Munt has an ACL tear. So it's kind of a bummer. Funk was our number three running back. Munt, our primary blocking tight end. The Rams have already added Dante Dion and Buddy Howell to the active roster. So we have an extra cornerback now, basically filling in for Darius Williams. And Buddy Howe will take that spot previously held by Funk. So with two openings on the practice squad, the Rams have signed Grant Haley, a cornerback out of Penn State, and Jared Pinckney, a tight end out of Vanderbilt. So it'll be interesting to see what the Rams do as far as the blocking tight end position. They have Jacob Harris and Bryson Hopkins. I do not see Jacob Harris as a blocking tight end. Bryson Hopkins, perhaps, but he's never been active. And now they have Kendall Blanton and Jared Pinckney on the practice squad. So I would not be surprised if one of them were activated for the Lions game. I like the addition of Buddy Howell. I've been saying for months that the Rams need to add a big back. I thought they would have before the start of the season. And now they have one, and he could be especially useful if these next two games get out of hand against the Lions and Texans. We can pull Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson out and let Buddy Howe plow away. Wanted to touch on that fake punt that I was so confused about, as were many others. According to Joe Judge, the Giants coach, the fake punt was disallowed because Skowronek snuck onto the field late, and the Giants had a sideline violation, which resulted in offsetting unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Now, I checked the rule on this, and for a substitution to be legal, Skowronek would have had to get inside the numbers when entering the field, and then he could have retreated to the sideline, which is where I first saw him when the cameras came back. So who knows what really happened, but the Rams' sideline and their coaching staff seemed to be pretty adamant that Skowronek behaved legally. Now, the literal interpretation of the rule is pretty clear. The spirit of the rule is another thing. I don't know if I would be supportive of a player like stepping two feet inside the numbers and sneakily going back to the sideline. I think that is somewhat unsportsmanlike. Sounds like something the Patriots would do, to be honest with you. But I don't know what happened here. 
Maybe one day we'll see foam on it. I don't know what Skowronek did. By rule, he apparently did things legally, based on the reaction of the Rams' sideline. But what he actually did, and whether it was in the spirit of the rule, we may never know. Some pro football focus grades from last week. Okoronko, 91.6, highest rate at Ram. Taylor Rapp, 90.5. And by the way, Rapp earned Defensive Player of the Week for the NFC. First time a Ram safety has done that since 2008. And I went back and looked that up. And my first guess was OJ Atagwe. And I was right. Week six, Rams at Redskins, he forced a fumble. He also scooped up another fumble, ran it 66 yards for a touchdown. That was a game, and I remember this one. The Rams were trailing late, 17-16. to Got a big catch by Donnie Avery down to the Redskins, 17. Richie Incognito gets tagged with an unsportsmanlike penalty, grabbing someone's face mask, pushes them back to the 32, and now Josh Brown has to hit a 49-yarder for the win. And he does. He hits it, and the Rams win. I remember being so jacked about that game. That was one of our two wins that year. According to Pro Football Focus, a lot of Rams scored pretty well in that giant game. Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Cooper Cup, Jordan Fuller, Tyler Higby, all in the 80s. Sebastian Joseph Day, Jonah Williams, Andrew Whitworth, Austin Corbett, Dante Dion, and Daryl Henderson, all in the 70s. Snap counts. Robert Rochelle was in for 95% of the Rams' defensive snaps. Dante Dion, 88%. Ernest Jones, you might have noticed him flashing out there a couple times, 26 snaps. And look who's starting to play a role in this Rams' defense, Jameer Jones. He had the blocked punt against Seattle, 22 snaps against the Giants. Maybe the Rams are on to something there. And J.J. Hughes got in late with 10 snaps. Terrell Burgess seeing his first significant action, nine snaps, and Jacob Harris, six snaps. And even Ben Skowronek got in for 11 snaps. The Harris and Skowronek snaps, I think, were partly due to the game getting out of hand. Leading tackler for the Rams in that game, Jordan Fuller had nine. And let's get caught up in some interesting stats for the season regarding the Rams. Here's one for you. In the last 35 years, two players have gained 600-plus yards receiving and had seven receiving TDs through week six. Randy Moss in 2007, and our own Cooper Cup this year. According to NFL.com, Leonard Floyd, Aaron Donald, and Oko combined for nine quarterback pressures, three total sacks, and two forced fumbles in that Giants game. And also, the Rams scored 28 points in the second quarter against the Giants. This was the first time they have done that in a quarter since Week 17, 2002. That was against the Niners when they were down 20-3. Rallied for the win, 31-20. That was the game where Dre Bly literally ripped the ball out of Garrison Hurst's arms and walked in for a TD. And that giant game was also the first time in Matthew Stafford's career that he has thrown for three TDs and a quarter. Here's another cool stat for you. Last year's passing TDs leaders by team were Green Bay with 48, Tampa Bay with 42. The Rams were 26th with 20. 20 passing TDs on the year in 2020. This year's passing TD leaders, Kansas City with 18, Tampa Bay with 17, 
and Dallas and the Rams both with 16. So with four more passing TDs, the Rams will have matched their 2020 total. That'd be a good time to check in on Ram stats leaders. Daryl Henderson is 10th in the league in rushing with 372 yards, 4.6 average. Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup second in receiving behind Devontae Adams with 653 yards. Cup leads the league in receiving TDs with seven. Stafford fourth in passing yards with 1,838. He is first in QBR, ESPN's well-refined quarterback assessment system, a 75. As far as rating goes, the more vanilla system for assessing quarterback play, he's third with a 116.6. As far as tackles go, it's two Ram safeties. Jordan Fuller, 17th in tackles with 46. Taylor Rapp is next, as far as the Rams go, with 41. How's our offense doing compared to the rest of the league? Eighth in yards per game. And defensively, 21st in yards per game. Rams are third in sacks with 18 and fourth in interceptions with 8. Well, that's probably enough stats to drown you for another week. Next up, we will get to our Lion-Ram preview. NFL fans, hungry for a big win this week? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's get to that Ram Giant preview. Game will be played at SoFi Stadium. This is the 87th matchup between these teams. The first game, 1937, the Detroit Lions 28, the Cleveland Rams 0. Rams lead the series 44-41 to with one tie. You know, I give this some thought. Are there any significant Ram-Lion games that I remember And I couldn't think of any, to be quite honest. I remember some relatively recent games in Detroit. Some good games with Detroit, but nothing really stood out. So I'm just going to skip that altogether. Let's just say it. There has never been a significant game between these two teams. 
However, there was a 1952 playoff game between these two teams, the Detroit Lions eliminating the Los Angeles Rams 31-21. Norm Van Brocklin and Bob Waterfield played in that game. The spread, as I mentioned in my last podcast, was 14.5, I think. 13 and a half? I don't know what it was, but it's up to 15 and a half now. I knew it would go up. The weather, mid-60s, partly cloudy, another beautiful fall day in Southern California. So what about these Detroit Lions? Last year, Lions 5 and 11, Matthew Stafford's last season with the team. They come in 0 and 6, Dan Campbell, first-year coach. He's the guy that had that interesting press conference where he said, hey, if you knock us down, we're going to get up, and on the way up, we're going to bite your kneecap off, something to that effect. So he's one of those hardcore, hard-ass coaches. That's his style. My take on that is usually it works early, but eventually wears off on players. You still got to be able to coach. You still got to be able to identify talent and put it all together with the X's and O's and schemes and game plans. You can't just win by being tough and biting people's kneecaps after you get knocked down. Right now, if you look at yards per game on offense, there's only five teams worse than them. They're getting about 321 yards per game, and there are only seven teams worse on defense. They're giving up 384 yards per game. This past draft, I thought they drafted smartly. Their number one pick, number seventh overall, was Penny Sewell, the offensive tackle out of Oregon. And their fourth round pick, the USC wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, who right now actually is probably their number one receiver. Of course, they have TJ Hawkinson, the tight end, who is Jared Goff's favorite target. Key players, well, there's Jared Goff. The stats are not as bad as you would expect. He really just has nobody to throw to. He's 18th in yards per game this year, 251 yards per game. Completion percentage is okay, 67%. His rating, 86.9. The real problem, the glaring problem, is a very low yards per attempt, near last in the league. I think it's at 6.7 yards. But can we attribute that to... Jared Goff just dumping off passes, or is it just their scheme and their lack of wide receiver talent? So I'm not going to put that all on Jared Goff. He's actually had a couple games where he played pretty well. Other key players, tight end TJ Hawkinson, 32 receptions for 311 yards, two TDs. They got two running backs that get the job done for them, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Williams, 255 yards. Swift, 214 yards. Williams, a whole yard better in yards per carry at 4.3. Swift at 3.3. They have combined for five TDs. Williams, two, and Swift, three. The longest run between them, just 20 yards, though. Linebacker Charles Harris has five sacks. And cornerback Amani, I'm going to struggle with this name, Aruwarai. Two interceptions. Let's just call him Amani. Cornerback Amani, two interceptions. They come in with some injuries. Jeff Okada, the cornerback. Frank Ragnow, perhaps the best center in the league. He's out. Ram connections. We got 
Michael Brockers, Eric Banks, Jared Goff. They have Kaderil Hodge. Remember him? He had a short run with the Rams. And worth noting that Anthony Lynn, the old Chargers coach, is their offensive coordinator. This year so far, 0-6. They've scored just 109 points. They got blasted by the Bengals last week, 34-11. to They've had two heartbreaking losses, though. They could have easily beat the Ravens and the Vikings. And those losses hardly Jared's fault. Here are some four keys to the game. How do you identify keys to the game when it's such a mismatch? Well, fearsome key number one, don't go more than minus two in the takeaway battle. Rams can afford to have a turnover or two in this game and still win, but if you're pushing three, four turnovers, Detroit might be able to pull off a stunner here. Fearsome key number two, don't let the running backs, Williams and Swift, move the chains. Don't let them get into a groove where they're running the clock moving the chains, keeping our offense off the field. And our run defense, I'm not sold on it yet. Slowly getting better, I think, but that's one thing that worries me if these running backs can move the ball on us. For some key number three, just take away Hawkinson. That is really the guy the Lions rely on here. He is the guy Goff needs. He is Goff's security blanket. As a matter of fact, he's Goff's only blanket at this point. You take away Hawkinson, they're going to be in trouble. Here's some key number four. I couldn't think of one, to be honest with you. I I don't know. You do those three things, you're going to be okay. Don't get blown out in the takeaway battle. Don't let their running backs march down the field on you. Take away TJ Hawkinson. That's about it, really, right? If someone can think of a fourth key, good for you. I can't. My prediction, Rams 27, Lions 10. I think the Rams will win this game handily. I have a feeling Goff is going to be pumped and he's going to do everything he can to put points on the board. I think Jared Goff is going to have a good game, relatively speaking. Might see Bryce Perkins active for this game since Wolford injured his neck in the last game. Wolford will be available, but maybe Perkins will also be active, and maybe we'll see Bryce. But I think we'll definitely see Wolford or Bryce, which will result in a lower point total for the Rams than you'd normally expect. Then again, the Rams could put 50 up on them. But I'm going to go with Rams 27, Lions 10. Rams move to 6-1, and one, and the Lions still searching for their first win, drop to 0-7. get to our game picks but before that let me give you my updated power rankings there's been a shakeup. i'm going to give you my elite eight plus two i guess i'm done praising the buffalo bills for a few weeks there i was going on and on about how they're the best team in the nfl no question about it and then they lose to tennessee but that was an incredible game it wasn't like the bills played badly Just a shootout, and they don't belong in a shootout with the Titans, in my opinion. 
Showed some weaknesses there. Derrick Henry stomping all over him. Had a chance to kick the field goal and send it in overtime. And they tried to go for it and came up short. And the Titans get the big win. So for that reason, they're going to drop in my power pole. My Elite 8 plus 2. It's obvious who's going to be at the top there now. Number 1, the Arizona Cardinals. Some people seem to be penciling the Cardinals in as the Super Bowl champions. Not so fast. They are looking really good, but they can and will be beat, I think. But they're number one. Uh, Ravens, impressive against the Chargers. They jumped the Rams to number two. I have the Rams as number three. Hard to get a read on if they're going up or down, beating a very beaten up Giants team on the road. I still have the Bills at four. They have two losses now. The first one against the Steelers, I can't explain. This one on the road against a good opponent, I still have them at number four. Number five, the Green Bay Packers. Kind of forget about them. They just keep chugging along, winning the games that they should. Number six, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They won that Thursday night game against the Eagles. Number seven, the Cowboys struggled against the Patriots. The Patriots really do a good job of keeping games close. Challenging teams, they got no business challenging. Game planning, coaching, they're the best at that. And give the Cowboys the fight of their life. Cowboys still number seven, though. And my number eight team, the Los Angeles Chargers. They laid an egg in Baltimore. Good teams do that. As long as you're not doing that against the New York Jets like the Rams did last year, I'll give you a pass. Not a great performance, but the Chargers will be back. And my two teams outside looking in to round out my Elite Eight plus two, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans, both teams coming up with big wins. Chiefs still chasing the Chargers and Raiders, though. The Titans sitting atop that AFC South with a 4-2 and two record. That's my Elite 8 plus 2. Let's get you caught up on my game picks. Had an okay week. Nothing to be too proud of. 8-6. and six. Pete Prisco was 8-6. and six. Lorenzo Reyes and Mike Florio were both 10-4 and four as well. So I lost a little bit of ground to both of them. So right now on the season, Lorenzo, 67% right, 63-31. and 31. Mike Florio, 63% right, 59-35. and 35. I am at 61%, 57 and 37, and Pete Prisco, 60%, 56 and 38. These are straight up picks every game this season. So we're all pretty tight, but six games behind Lorenzo, I need to make up some ground on him real fast. This week, what do I got? There's some tough games this week. Uh, Broncos, Browns, two teams coming off losses. Still have playoff aspirations. I'm going to take the home team, the Cleveland Browns. The Jets and Patriots. I don't think the Patriots are that much better than the Jets, but they got the home field and they got the coaching advantage. I'll take the Patriots. Bengals at Ravens. This is a 4-2 and two versus 5-1 and one team. Baltimore coming off a big win. Bengals just smoked the Lions. I'm going to take the Ravens in that one. This is the... Probably the toughest one to pick, the Chiefs at the Titans. You know, normally you just automatically go with the Chiefs, but after that Monday night game, the 4-2 and two Titans in first place, 
coming off that win? Is there going to be a letdown? I don't think so. I'm taking the Titans. And that's one I'll probably get wrong, but I'll stick with the Titans. Washington football team at the Packers. Packers win the games they're supposed to, and this is one of them at home. They'll get the win. Falcons at Dolphins. Dolphins are just nose-diving. Falcons, you never know what you're going to get from them. They could be up by 20. That means they're going to lose. I think this one, they're going to find a way to win. Dolphins are sinking fast. Panthers versus Giants, two teams that had high hopes for this year. I was really on the Panther bandwagon. Not feeling so great about that idea right now, but I think they'll win this game. Giants are just beat up. Eagles at Raiders. I'm going to take the Raiders. I think they might be better off without Gruden, actually. And Lions at Rams. You know how I feel about that. Texans at Cardinals. Another easy one to pick. I will take the Cardinals. Bears at Bucks. Bucks the home team. Bears, good defense. Struggling offense. I'll take the Bucks. And the Colts at 49ers. Another interesting game. Colts, one of the more difficult teams to read. They're only 2-4. and four. I just feel like they're a lot better than that. Niners coming off a bye, though, at home. That shouldn't even be allowed. But for that reason, I'm taking the Niners. They're still a little bit shorthanded, but I think they'll find a way to win. Their defense is going to come out and play hard, make it very difficult for Carson Wentz, and the Niners get the win. And the Monday night game... Saints at Seahawks, another tough one to call. I don't know. You know, Saints are coming off a bye as well. They go on the road to play Seattle. Seattle coming off a tough loss at Pittsburgh. Seattle's never going to quit on their coach. They're 2-4, and but I don't think they think they're out of it yet. They're going to try to hang on for dear life until Russell gets back. I think they're going to find a way to win this game. I think the Saints are the better team but Seattle will win. And my survivor pick this week, I'm going to go with the Patriots at home over the Jets. Patriots are favored by seven, so I think that's a reasonable pick. I could take the Cardinals, but I'll save them for later. But I am going to take, as my bet of the week, the Texans plus 17 over the Cardinals. Cardinals got an an incredible amount of help from the referees last week. And sometimes league offices notice that. And somehow, mysteriously, the script gets flipped the following week. Texans have managed to stay in a couple of games. They're an NFL team, and the odds makers are giving them two touchdowns and a field goal. I'm going to take that and run with it. Another reason I'm picking against Arizona minus 17 is the following week they play the Green Bay Packers. So that's a big game, big showdown between two NFC powers. Might they be looking ahead a little bit? So far this year, I've won three of my four bets. I remember last week I had the Rams minus 10.5, and and that worked out. So I'm going to take the Texans plus 17. This is only the second time I've taken an underdog. I'm 3-1. and I'll take the chance here, see if I can get to 4-1. to with the Texans plus 17. I'm going to real quickly share with you my old pumped, pissed, and perplexed teams. Haven't done that in a couple of weeks. If you haven't listened to this segment before, try to imagine which fans are pumped 
which ones are pissed and whose fans are perplexed. Well, I'll tell you who's pumped. Cardinal fans, 6-0 after rolling the Cleveland Browns on the road. Gotta be pumped. The Minnesota Vikings fans are pumped. They get to 3-3. What a roller coaster year. Edge of your seat football every week. They find a way to win in overtime. And suddenly they're in the playoff conversation again. I mean, it's pretty early in the season. I don't think the Vikings were necessarily out of it, even if they had lost. But 3-3, three and three, they got to feel good about things, especially considering how they've lost a couple of games. Ravens fans are pumped. 5-1 and one and dominating a quality opponent. Best team in the AFC right now. Can't argue with that. And Jags fans, they're still celebrating in Jacksonville. They get their first win in forever. Congratulations, Jacksonville. And the Titans. Titans fans are extremely pumped. They beat the Buffalo Bills, who many, including myself, had crowned as the best team in the NFL. They beat the Bills with a goal line stand at the end. They get to 4-2. and two. In the AFC South, they have a two-game lead. And they have Derrick Henry. So I think they are truly pumped. Whose fans are pissed? Well, Lions fans have to be pissed after that dismal performance. And the Bears, Bears fans have to be pissed. Aaron Rodgers calling out the Bears as the one team he would never play for comes to town and thumps them once again. That's got to piss off Bear fans. Giant fans, I watch that game. I know they're pissed. And Dolphin fans, what is going on? Brian Flores was going to lead them to the promised land. Such a promising coach. There were signs last year that they were on their way, and suddenly, one in five, ready to hang it up. And whose fans are perplexed? I would have to say the Seattle Seahawks fans are perplexed. What do they do with this team? Where do they go? Do they... Really have a shot with Gino until Russ gets back? And I think they'd be perplexed watching Russ play his imaginary game on the field the other night. That's just my take on it. If I was a Seahawk fan, I'd be a little perplexed about that. Cleveland Browns fans, they are perplexed. You know, this team, one day you're thinking, you know what, they're a contender for the Super Bowl. They got all the pieces Great offensive line, strong defense, decent receiving core, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, everything in place. And then, you know, six weeks in, they're three and three, and they kind of got thumped last week. Still, they have to be a little confused about their team right now. Kind of the same thing with the Carolina Panthers. They're three and three, but they feel like they should be much better off than that. They expect it to be. Is Christian McCafferty ever going to have a healthy season? Confusion in Carolina if you're a fan. And I think the Bills Mafia has to be a little perplexed. This team should be 6-0, and right? They lose on opening day to Pittsburgh. And then this effort against the Titans, I mean, it was exciting. A lot of offense, but... That doesn't bode well for a playoff match with the Titans, right? Uh, Bills are going to be okay, but 
I wouldn't say Bills fans are pumped and I wouldn't say they're pissed, but they're not feeling really great about their team this morning, I don't think. That's my pumped, pissed, and perplexed fans segment. We'll do this occasionally just for fun, mixing it in with our game picks and our power rankings. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. You can visit our website at laramsup.com. And please don't forget to subscribe and give us that five-star rating. We really appreciate it. And don't forget, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.